go. Streaming from South Africa to the world. To the world. This is the Stonks Go Moon podcast. What just happened? We break it down so you don't have to. Welcome everyone to the Stonks Go Moon podcast. My guest today, Kyle Shedlow, she is from Fiat 24. Welcome to the pod. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on today. Let's talk a bit about FTX, one of sort of the biggest crypto blow up in recent history, I guess. Um, coming to light now that Sam used crypto as um, <laughs> his own personal piggy bank. And you have all these mainstream media outlets just writing puff pieces about him, which is wild um and the story keeps getting crazier and crazier and i guess my sort of first question is um what's the first thought that pops into your head about the contagion in terms of the rest of the crypto space yeah so obviously whenever these kind of scams or scandals happen it's kind of a big blow especially to the Mm. people who really are working hard to build legitimate businesses And actually the thing with FTX, it's really a big story because even though there are other centralized exchanges like Coinbase and Binance, FTX was really big. And I think just earlier this year, I read that it was valued at about $32 billion and people traded like every kind of cryptocurrency on it. But because they were a centralized exchange and like you said, it, it held on to and had access to people's money, like how a bank would, I think, yeah, maybe it's showing that centralized exchanges are not as safe as people thought they were. And I think now we've seen a massive rush of Bitcoin and altcoin withdrawals from exchanges and DEXs have once again seen significant quantities being traded. So I think, yeah, it really sheds the light on the fact that we need more regulation in the space. Maybe the regulators are feeling a little bit embarrassed, you know, like they could have done more. So yeah, that's my original take on it. Do you think we need more regulation or do you think we need better actors? Because my sort of, one of my takes is that even if we had like the best regulation, there will always be these nefarious characters trying to take sort of advantage of the situation. And I guess if you can fool the likes of Sequoia and Tiger Global and, you know, these big VC firms, then maybe this shakeup, this capitulation of FTX is one of the better things that could happen in this space. Just get rid of all the bad actors. Well, I think that's far too challenging. And I think regulation is actually quite welcome by from a lot of crypto companies and projects that are trying to do things properly. And I think policymakers, you know, they could have prevented such a crisis. It's just like the, from the dot-com bubble at the turn of the millennium, you know, like they have always been historically slow to anticipate the troubles of the digital age, you know, and it's only after massive and costly scandals that they have been prompted to even take action. But there will always be nefarious actors. I don't think we can get rid of it, but Mm. if somehow we find a way to make like some core or fundamental guidelines or a framework, just like we have in other financial sectors, like, or banks, for example, Mm. that have to follow these rules, 
then it could only be helpful for everyone, I think. I think a positive that came out of it as well is that um, right after FTX, there was um, crypto.com that basically disclosed a major share of their uh, assets as in ship. Um, the altcoin and then sort of that people's the, the media again wrote that that might um, force a bank run on on crypto.com and did a little bit but they held up well right they just they with uh, the withdrawals kind the liquidity was there so I guess in a sense the the major capitulation of exchanges that everyone sort of thought that this is now this is it's it's going to happen now um, didn't come. Do you do you still sort of think that your assets are safe on an exchange? Well, I think perhaps decentralized exchanges might offer something else, or even I'm quite interested in CDFI kind of based projects. But yeah, I think like the growth of decentralized exchanges during the last weeks hasn't really been too surprising because I think crypto, the cryptocurrency market is really built on hype and Uniswap and other DXs are experiencing surges. And yeah, in general, I think maybe decentralized exchanges could be a good alternative. Cool. Let's talk about yeah. the role of NFTs in finance. And mm -hmm. I guess my first sort of port of call I, I want to talk about the move from Web two to Web three, and how do how do you see us moving from Web two to Web three? If all the platforms that I, oh, I say, and so we are using is based on iOS, is based on Android, is based on things like Apple and Google. I mean, we had this Elon Musk. Twitter debacle that's still ongoing and people rushing to Mastodon. I myself a, a week ago tried Mastodon. The UI and the UX was um, terrible. I, I can't I can't figure it out. I I want to be on Twitter. Um, Twitter is Web two, but at the same time, I I see the need to move away to a different model. But so yeah, my question is, how do we move away from Web two to Web three? Well, I think, um, as we saw before 2008, the global financial system was entirely centralized. But in the aftermath of that financial crisis, we saw the decentralized finance or DeFi movement start to gain momentum. And I think banks are starting to integrate crypto into their services. They're starting to see the value of crypto and blockchain technology in general. And banks are starting to become more eager to play a prominent role in DeFi in general. Mm -hmm. But I think DeFi is really the true representation of Web3 and finance. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of the infrastructure and processes and technologies can make it really a lot more efficient and um, well, cost effective for both the business and the consumer side. But yeah, I think um, moving from Web 2 into Web 3, especially in the financial sector, will take a lot of time. But I think there are a lot of like great um, pushes, you know, in yes. the right direction at the moment. Yes, because JPM, basically, they just filed for a, a copyright um, for, a, a, I think, a crypto wallet. They, they did a massive um, exchange from 
JPY into something else. I can't remember now, but the, for, for the Onyx, uh, the blockchain technology. So, I mean, the moves are there. Um, how do we sort of combine traditional finance with DeFi? Because I can't see that we're going to just move from, you know, the one into the other. It's There's going to be a blending. How, how does that process go for you? Yeah, so initially there were some thoughts or maybe some hopes that DeFi could replace traditional banks, but it, I think it's becoming more clear that DeFi will not ever replace traditional banking, but mm -hmm. rather they will work hand in hand together. And I think, as I said, there are a lot of traditional financial institutions that are really actively you know, learning and trying to think about how they can incorporate elements of DeFi into their day-to-day, -day. because it's definitely, um, DeFi can address a lot of problems such as cross-border transactions where traditional finance is particularly slow and complex. Mm -hmm. And also DeFi can allow 24-7 trades and coverage of multiple geographies with a single type of currency. So it could stand to improve a lot of banks' existing processes, mm -hmm. but I don't think DeFi will replace traditional banking, even if a lot of the traditional banking services can be mimicked, yes. you know, yes. Web3 or DeFi. But somehow I think they will work hand in hand together. So that's what I said. Yeah, so that's an interesting point because we're seeing uh, especially in the NFT space, there is this movement away from um, being seen as just for art or just for artists and people using it for ticketing. Uh, and now I read that Fiat24 is using NFTs in banking. And that was interesting because before that, I, I didn't really know that any of that existed. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, so NFTs in general, as we are going into 2023, mm -hmm. I think that ape and kitty hype is kind of dying out. And now people are starting to understand the full potential of NFTs because essentially they can contain a lot of information and they are non-fungible. They represent something unique. So they can be used in a lot of different use cases. And yeah, at Fiat24, we are... Um, the first banking concept to be built entirely on the blockchain and we're powered by smart contracts. So basically to become our client, you have to mint our NFT and that NFT has your avatar, your account number, it will store all of your transactions in it. So instead of um, doing like traditional bank will give you, you know, an access to e-banking with a password and a login and they store mm -hmm. your money and your assets instead to have an account with us, a cash account on the blockchain, you just connect your wallet and it's all self-custody. And the NFT is just the way for us to identify you. So I think it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Is it available only in Switzerland or is there other countries as well? We're able to serve most of the world actually. And that's part of something that we think is exciting because almost anyone in the world can now open a Swiss bank account. So that's exciting. Wow. Okay. Speaking about currency and and Swiss bank accounts and stuff like that, um, the question that I want to leave you with is quite a serious one. It's it's one that uh, putting you a bit on the spot, but I believe in blockchain technology, but then crypto is still for me. It's like a, uh, you know, 
sort of, I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Um, how can we talk about cryptocurrency as a currency and a viable currency when we see the types of volatility and swings that we've seen from Bitcoin, Ethereum also, but mostly Bitcoin uh, this year and every year preceding it? Because to me, a currency at least needs to have some sort of stability. Yeah, I think it's just kind of the nature of the crypto industry right now. It is really volatile, but maybe that's also because it's a little bit nascent and because of the nature of crypto that there isn't one kind of central governing body to, you know, to regulate it or to control it. But I think that cryptocurrencies can really provide a huge value for developing countries and like to solve a lot of issues associated with the lack of accessibility to traditional financial systems. Like, especially in uh, South America, like in those types of countries, it could be valuable. So yeah, I mean, hopefully within the next couple of years, perhaps crypto can become a little bit less volatile. I'm not sure. But I think that there is a lot of potential there and definitely as a way to um, help emerging and struggling countries. I think it could offer a lot. So hopefully there's a way to start integrating it. Yeah, I, I want to agree with you because I read in, in Turkey, they are using it and in, in, in countries like Rwanda and Africa, crypto is um, getting um, a, a massive foothold, not necessarily because people want to, but because they are sort of forced to because of the failure of central banks. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. If the listeners want to connect with you and find out more about Fiat24, where can they do that? Um, I would suggest you to follow us on our Twitter at Fiat24 account. And from there, you can also dive deeper into our communities, which are on Discord and Telegram. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so thank much. You. We'll put all the links in the comments. To our listeners, peace, love, and prosperity. And we'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.